someplace. You ever get on a road and you can't remember where you're going? Oftentimes when I get on Beltline, I have to stop and think, where am I going? That's a good thing to do, isn't it? Uh, to make sure you're going in the right direction. The only way that you can go home to heaven is to have Jesus Christ as your Savior. We just want to encourage you that. We have a no-soul salvation. I know where I'm going. I have a confidence. Do you think they just sang that that way? They know where they're going. And uh, brother, looking at brother uh, Wayne, he's about one uh, foot there uh, to, to get in there. <laughs> and how about the rest of us? I, uh, I, I swim once a week. Uh, I try to stay in shape. I swim a mile at a time. Now, don't be impressed by that. My wife asked me if that was the fastest I could go when I was swimming in uh, Arizona a couple months ago. And I says, yes, that's the fastest I can go. Well, oftentimes when I'm swimming that mile, a song comes to my mind, Donna. And the song is, when I've gone the last mile of the way, I will sing to the praise of his day. You know, someday we're going to go home to be with Jesus. Are you prepared? Are you living as if it's the last days? I've been blessed by the music this morning. I know you have as well. I thank the Lord for all that's been done. Now this morning, if you'll take your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. And uh, my little clicker is not bringing it up as normal. I'm not always sure why that is, but we'll get it fixed up there. And let's see if it brings us on to the next one. No, it doesn't do that either. Let's see if I've got it turned on right. Sometimes it's my. There we go. Amen. We'll get that worked out one of these days. Uh, thank the Lord for it. Um, <clears throat> always when I get up to preach, I feel inadequate. You all know what I'm talking about? Uh, just feel inadequate to handle God's wonderful word. But it's his word that is adequate. And it is my prayer that God would speak to all of our hearts this morning. Now, I believe that this message this morning is very, very important. And uh, just like almost every Sunday morning or Sunday night or whenever I preach, I always feel like the message is important. Let's get it. This morning, as always, almost always, God just impresses upon my heart certain things that we as a congregation need to hear together. Now, saying that, sometimes you wonder if when prophets or preachers of old or those who writ the scriptures or what was taking place, if people understood that they were listening to what God had for them to hear. The Bible says, they that have ears, let them hear. Amen to that? And then not only to be hearers of the word, but doers also. And this morning I believe that we have some very, very important truths to cover. They're concepts of living. And, of course, the Sermon on the Mount is such an amazing uh, chapter. 
And he begins here in chapter 6. Now, chapter 6 is after chapter 5. And again, when Jesus is uh, uh, giving his sermon, he's not saying, all right, now the next chapter. He just preached a message that was approximately 45 minutes long, or 45 seconds, excuse me, long. And yet the amazing truths of each verse is almost a sermon in and of itself, and which is why it's going to take us about a year to go through the Sermon on the Mount. We don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss what God is trying to bring out to His folks and wanting them to hear. And so as we get into this this very, very important message, he's finished chapter 5, and chapter 5 was basically in three sections. Uh, the Beatitudes uh, there, verses 3 through 13, and then the relationship to the world in verse 13 through 16, where he talks about us being the lights in this world. And then chapter 7, or verse 17 through 48, he exposes the heart of God in relationship to the law and the false teaching of the Pharisees. In chapter 6, he's going to get into living in the theme of your life, living your life in the presence of Jehovah. Here he starts in verse 1. Take heed. Pay attention. That we do not our alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise we have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore when thou dost thine alms do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do uh, in the synagogues and in the streets. That they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you they have their reward. But when thou dost alms let not thy left hand know What thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Father, I pray that you will help us now as we look at this, and that, Father, that you will just work in our hearts. We ask you to do the mighty work as you take the Scriptures and engraft it into our soul that we might be more in the conformity, the image of Jesus Christ, This I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And so he is going to give out here the theme of our living in the life and in the presence of Jehovah. I'm going to ask my wife to come to the piano. And some of you know this song. Uh, It's entitled, In the Presence of Jehovah. How many know that song? All right, and even what uh, we the songs that we sang this morning, which I thoroughly enjoyed our music, and again, I personally believe that God just orchestrates our music, orchestrates our verses and things like that. We don't just try to happenstance do things around here, but this verse is talking about living with a concept that we are going to stand before God someday, living in view of eternity. Let's sing it together as my wife plays it. We'll sing it twice through. Most of you know it, so let's sing it together. In the presence of Jehovah.
know, I was thinking that hearts are mended. I don't know about you, but as I uh, walk down the streets, I oftentimes see people who need to have their hearts mended. And people are turning to the wrong direction to find successes or the values of their lives. And so as we get into this passage here, take heed that you do not your alms before men. He's going to talk about here an interesting concepts that we need to apply to our lives uh, to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your father, which is in heaven. The picture of children in the presence of their father. Understand that the Old Testament, the father image was not quite as portrayed as it is in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, what we see more of an idea there of the corporate father. What I mean by that is the children of Israel to God the Father. You see what I'm saying? But oftentimes, you do not see the intimacy as you see in the New Testament of the Father to His children. And therefore, we understand in a greater aspect of being born again in the New Testament. You see what I'm saying? In the Old Testament, it was more of a corporate, you're Israel. Hey, listen, we're a part of Israel. And people could let that go to their head. We're the chosen ones. But the trouble with that is that Israel didn't realize that they needed to have an intimate relationship with God. And so many of were part of Israel were not a part of God. And so it is in the New Testament. We could be a part of the church, but not a part of the Father. You must be born again. And so this intimate relationship, the picture of the children with their father on this journey, there's two sections in chapter uh, uh, Matthew chapter 6. The first section is about our relationship with uh, uh, the, of God in our religious life. He's dealing here in verses 1 through 18 of almsgiving, the nature of our prayer life and fasting. This is our worship aspect of our relationship with God, our religious life. And then verses 19 through 34, he's dealing with life in general. In other words, yes, we are in this world. We have a worship. We come and we have alms and those types of things that are part of our religious life. But there's also we walk in this world and the cares of this world. And how do we deal with those cares that are in this world? May I say that there are concepts that are brought out here that are very, very important. What I might say is that these are what I would consider core values. Have you heard of core values? In other words, why do I do what I do? Do I do what I do to be seen of men? Or do I do these things in the presence of my Father? And so when we look at these, these core values, why do I do what I do? They should allow the direction of my life to go in in such a way that I stay focused on every decision of my life. And all the things that I do, whether in church or out of church, I have core values which is guiding my life. We are a principled people. We have a moral compass. Amen to that. And the core value which all of us should be about, and that is to bring glory to the Lord. 
And to bring glory to the Lord means we are going to be reflecting Him. That's why we want to grow our lives. That's why we want to have the song service. That's why we want to do what we do at Westside Baptist Church or to my neighbors or to whoever else. Is I want to reflect who God is. And that's why we started this study almost, uh, well, probably about a year ago in uh, the life of Christ. We want to learn more about Him because how are we going to reflect Him if we don't know Him? You know Him by getting saved and then you know Him by growing your life. And so I make decisions in my life based on my core values, my relationship with God and understanding what life is all about. It is to bring glory to the Lord. Now, understand that. We've got to make this practical. Because the Bible says whether you eat or drink or what you do, do all to the glory of God. We understand that when we come to church, we are coming to church to reflect God. Yes or no? Do our neighbors see that? Yes or no? I had uh, one person this week I visited. They said, you know, uh, our neighbor came over and said to us, he says, we saw you going to church and... Therefore, you know what? I decide I better go to church. Does this world need to see us going to church? More or less? More. More? More. Oh, when I come to church and all the things that I do and in our worship service, and we're having some discussion amongst ourselves about this and everything, but our, our worship service, what is our music to do. It's to praise God. It's to glorify God. You see, if we're going to praise God, if we're going to glorify God, then our music is to show who He is. You see? So my music and our worship and the things that we do, whether in church or out of church, it's to always be reflecting who God is. We come into the presence. You know, last week in Easter... We had a bunch of people here, didn't we? Wow. We have to stop. Why did we put on a cantata? Why did we put on that cantata? The answer, the core value, to reflect who God is. And then when people come into Westside Baptist Church, they should see the very presence of God. And I'll tell you what, I don't know about you, but last Sunday and, and, and even this morning, and most times when I come into Westside Baptist Church or uh, place, other places as well, you can sense the presence of Jehovah. And praise God for that. He is the one, as I, I was sharing with uh, Gary and Bruce as they were getting up and playing that beautiful horn piece. Wasn't that gorgeous? I said, you have an audience of one. You are playing to glorify him and praise the Lord. We can get ownership of that, you know, in the things that we wear, the things that we do, the things that we say we're to be reflecting God. And can I just say this? Your heart starts the process. It's got to come from the heart. It can't be the outside in. It's got to be the inside out. You come and, and have God in your heart and, and the Lord in your heart and, and, and your heart begins to be filled with gratitude. Just like Ernie said today, he said, man, I appreciate the rain and the sunshine. Man, our hearts are filled with gratitude. Then we ought to be reflecting who God is in our worship when we drive down the streets, when we go in the stores or whatever we do. That's why it says here, 
do not do your alms before men. Now, it's interesting, this word here, alms, is actually in the Greek language, it's a, a, a different word than what you'll find later. It is actually doing your righteousness or your, those good deeds or those, those things of, that reflect who you are. There's a textual variation here that is being uh, brought out. And uh, he, uh, he's bringing out this, don't do it to be seen of men. And what you're going to see here, in, and Martin Lloyd-Jones says that chapter 6 is a very uncomfortable chapter in the Bible. He says it's like looking in the mirror and you looking at yourself, which is something we should do spiritually on a daily basis and ask ourselves, are our core values and what I'm doing really reflecting God? And am I doing it for the right motive? Catch it? You and I are going to stand before God and be judged by the motives of our hearts someday. Ah. Martin Lloyd-Jones says, he says, you know, when you look in that mirror, what do you see? He says, sometimes it's kind of like looking down at your chocolate pie and seeing a fly eye deep in your chocolate pie. It just does something to what you see. Can we be honest with ourselves? Can we look inside? You know, that reminds me of Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 1 through 3. It says, as dead flies cause even a bottle of perfume to stink, so a little foolishness spoils great wisdom and honor. A wise person chooses the right road. A fool takes the wrong one. You can identify fools just by the way they walk down the street. Wow. May God help us to reflect him. Now, in this passage here, there is some uh, struggles. There are some complications. So he says, take heed to be don't do your alms to be seen of men. Don't do your righteousness. Don't do your your good deeds or else you have no rewards of your father, which is in heaven. Therefore, thou dost thine alms. Do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets, that they may glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their rewards. But thou, when thou do thy dom, take not thy, hand, thy left hand to know thy, thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be uh, in secret, and thy father, which seeth in secret, himself shall reward thee openly." Now there's a complication here, and I'm hoping that we can, we can gain ownership of this complication here. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, this is the complication. He said in the previous chapter, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. That's almost a paradox, would you not agree? There's a complication here. That complication is, God says, let people see your good works. And here it says, do things in secret. So how do you put these two together? I think more simply, we can put it together in that we are not doing our good works to be seen of men so that they can praise us. 
That's why oftentimes when our musicians uh, uh, sing up here, we, we ask them, you're, you're not a performer up here. We want people to see God in your life. You see what I'm saying? We're not seeking the applause of men. We're seeking the praise of God. And so are music and so are our musicians and those that do the various things around here. It's for God's glory so that God can be seen. Do you get it? And so the motivation here is I'm not going to do things so that people notice what I do. Now stop the horses. Every one of us, every one of us likes to have people notice what we do. Yes? I mean, that's human nature. That's our pride inside of us. We like people to recognize. Sometimes I'll go home and kind of just hint around a little bit with, with my wife as, come on, honey, give me some encouragement from the message today. Wasn't it great? Or, you know, whatever else. <laughs> you know, that's the wrong motive. And in fact, what helps me as your pastor of this church is to understand it's not about what you see from this pastor. It's what you see in God's word. My motive this morning is so that we can change our lives to bring him greater glory so we can go out in this world to be greater lights to show people Jesus Christ. And we have to get that. We've got to gain ownership of that. Why did we fix up our parking lot and, and our, our, uh, our bushes and pull the weeds? And why are we building a beautiful building over there? Is it so that people can be impressed by how wonderful we are? Or are we doing this to reflect God and God's creation and, and His handiwork? you see what I'm saying? Everything we do, whether we're in the choir or whether we're an usher or whether we're over the facility or whether we're a Sunday school teacher or whether we're a deacon or whatever it be, we are to reflect who God is. May that grab us and gain that in uh, the motivation. And so here, uh, I would say that this can and should separate a lost person from a saved person. Now, it doesn't mean that you're lost or saved by this, so don't get me wrong. But it can separate a lost person from a saved person in their motives. A lost person has and wants his rewards here. He likes that recognition. He likes his name in the paper. You see what I'm saying? And there's a, a motive there or can be a subliminal motivation to them. And to us, that motivation ought to be, oh, may people see God. May people see Jesus Christ. You see? And so that's what's being brought out here. It's not selfish and our own praise and people looking at us and say, well, look, it isn't he, isn't that and whatever. It is about God's glory. So... Our tire and things like that. I, in our girls, uh, I, I had four girls. Some of you didn't know that. Some of you do. And I always told them that it's all right to be attractive. But don't become the, the attraction. Or else you'll become a distraction. So we ask ourselves, why do we wear what we wear? I'm not saying that a coat and tie or anything. Don't, don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about coats and ties and things like that. 
But everything I do, the smile on my face, the words that come out of my mouth, everything ought to be reflecting who God is. I went down, had lunch with a pastor yesterday at um, down by the University of Oregon. And I'll be honest with you, there were some distractions down there. We want to reflect who God is in everything. Does that make sense? We got it? Okay, so there's that paradox, but there's the thing. is, Man, we want our light to shine. What does that mean? Well, listen, don't put it in Greg Kaminsky's category. Put it in God's category. When people come to church and, and all, we should have a focus on the heart. We should have a focus on bringing glory to the Lord and how we respond to people when they come into the church. How they are, where they are in their lives and all. We ought to love God and love others in every aspect of our lives. Recognizing to please Him rather than to please ourselves. What is our motivation? What do others see in our lives, in our services? Jesus Christ said, I can of mine own self do nothing as I hear I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. I want to encourage you. And you know, if this is the Lord Jesus Christ uh, saying this to his disciples and those that were around him hearing this, he says, I want to do what God wants me to do. Bottom line. Pray about. We're studying this, by the way, on Wednesday nights about following God's plans. And we past Wednesday night, we studied about Saul and how that he'd left the um, understanding of God and how that worked out for him. John eight fifty says, "And I seek not mine own glory." Now, this is the Father. This, I mean, excuse me. This is Jesus Christ saying, "I don't seek my own glory." There is one that seeketh. And judge it. Wow. You know what? I believe if you can gain ownership of this, it will free you to witness. It will free you in your life in the insecurities of your life. You know, a lot of people have insecurities. Oftentimes, insecurity is based on what they think people see or sense of them. And they're thinking about themselves rather than it's the attitude of I want to reflect God. Does that make sense? Ponder that. Ponder that. There are, there, the worldly concept is ruining so many Christians. Recognizing to please Him. The uh, Pharisees. And He said unto them, Ye are they which justify yourselves before men. But God knoweth your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. As we've seen there and what Jesus Christ said in the previous verses there that God is that judge. So I wake up and I, I wake up and I remind myself that this day is about God's glory. So that's the balance of this recognition. In other words, that you're not going out there blowing your trumpets and tooting your own horn. Uh, but you're out there to reflect God. And that's all right. You want people to see God in your life. And then the balance of rewards. Now, here's, here's an interesting concept. As he brings out in uh, chapter 6, verse 1, he says, If you do your righteousness to be seen of men, he says, You will have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. 
What he is saying here, and this is a marvelous principle, that if, if we played our horns or we sang or we preached or whatever so that people might think better of us, he says, you're getting your reward right now. You can have the acclaim of recognition and praise of men. He says, but you won't get it when you get to heaven. Interesting. Now, there is also a paradox here in this reward. The Bible talks about receiving rewards, but not doing things for rewards. Now, that's kind of hard to imagine, isn't it? It's just like I do things so that people will see God, not me. Here it is in this aspect. We are not going to be seeking the rewards of men. So the applause or the praise or uh, the uh, <laughs> political correctness. But we, but we do seek the rewards of God. Now, this is an interesting thing. Is, is, is my motive going to be pure if I'm seeking rewards from God? You ever thought about that? Paul says, the love of Christ constrains me. But yet there are many places in the scriptures. In fact, there are 16 places in the New Testament that talks about rewards. Nine of them are here in chapter 5 and chapter 6 of the Sermon on the Mount. It would be an interesting study if somehow we could um, do a study on the rewards. I was thinking about this morning. I don't know what kind of rewards I'll get in heaven, but you know what? I have a feeling there's not going to be very many of them. Now, God knows, doesn't he? But you know, I read this, or my wife told me about this this week, that there are 400 martyrs a day in the world right now. Did you know that? The, what's that? Uh, the martyrs, uh, uh, what is it again? The voice of the martyrs have recorded and said that there are 400 martyrs a day. And when I think of that, I think, oh my. Who am I? You know, I can't go around and say, man, aren't you, God, aren't you impressed? Yeah. Right. I am humbled. I'm humbled when I read the scriptures. And so in this paradox, and we look about these things, yes, we can be motivated by rewards. Uh, let's see, where are we there? Did we, did we miss one? Uh, yeah, this is all right. Uh, let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than themselves. We know this. This passage, this is, by the way, I've said it time and time again, the, the trouble with the self-esteem movement is getting people to think on themselves and trying to build themselves up. And God says, you want to live a healthy life? You, you esteem God. You esteem others. It's not about you thinking about yourself. And I, I wonder how many rewards I'm going to get. Now, there was a story of a pastor that had preached a great message. And uh, the next morning he kind of was sitting around and strutting himself and kind of drinking his coffee rather slow. And he was thinking about all the great preachers that might still be alive. And he was thinking about that. And, and he said to his wife, he says, um, honey, I wonder how many great preachers there are still alive today. She so wisely said, 
Probably one less than you're thinking. <laughs> you see, in, in all these things, I, I hope we get the message, is, is we're thinking, it's like humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking less on yourself. You've heard that def- definition before. And so he says here in this uh, not blowing the trumpets and bringing attention to yourself. And Hebrews 11.26. He esteemed the reproaches of Christ. This is talking about Moses. Of greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. So here, one of the great Old Testament saints is Moses. And it wasn't that he wanted to have the recognition of being second in command with with, uh, 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 Pharaoh. He left all that and all the treasures of Egypt because he realized the wages of heaven and the wages of righteousness is far greater So here it is in the presence of Jehovah or in the eternal perspective of things. The balance that comes into our lives. Yes, we're going to stand before God and give an account of our lives. And we want Him to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And so we're not drawing attention to ourselves, announcing ourselves in the trumpets and and all. We want the praise of the Father, not the praise of men. But in reality... We want people to see God more than we want them to see us. Got it? Important message. It'll keep us on track. And he says, and interesting here, and this is what I think it's brought out in verse 3. He says, and when thou doest thine alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. How many think that would be easy? Because they're attached to something. You. So what is he talking about? What does he mean? I believe what he's saying there is just like what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 where he gives the description of love is that love does not keep track. So we don't go home and say, you know what, I did this and I did this and I did this. It's not keeping a record of your good deeds. Let's let him keep the books. And by the way, he will probably sort it different than you and I. And when you talk about the books of eternity, there's one book about all of our sins. Can you imagine? We've used this illustration with people trying to help them to come to know Jesus because so many people think they're pretty good. If you did three sins a day in a year's time, Donna, that'd be a thousand sins. And I know you're at least 60 years of age. Donna, can you imagine standing before Jesus with 60,000 sins? Probably right on. Yeah, right on. But when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, He threw away all those sins and gave you His righteousness. Amen. He's got some books. Yeah. And he talks about those books being opened at the great judgment, the white throne judgment there, and the books are open. And I praise God that I won't be standing at that because my name is written in the book of life. 
And I'm going to be so thankful to see him someday. May God motivate us with love. And not, well, hey, I did this and I did this. If you read in Matthew chapter 7, and he says to these people, he says, Hey, haven't we done this? And haven't we done this? And haven't we done this? You see, they're comparing themselves amongst themselves. They're keeping record. And many people in this world are keeping record of their good deeds. They're not Hitler. I'm going to go to heaven. Do you know what God said to those people? He says, depart from me, you curse said. I never knew you. Does God know you? Father, I pray that as we conclude this message this morning, and we see these, these paradox and these, these maybe complicated and, and balancing recognition. Not recognition of us, but recognition of you. Oh God, if we don't recognize you, how is this world going to recognize you? If we don't get up on a daily basis and determine to reflect you in our lives, then oftentimes this world will not see you. So, Father, I pray, help us with this. And then, Lord, uh, balancing rewards. Yes, to be motivated that someday what we have done for you will uh, have an account. There's a payday someday. There is a layaway plan, and it is well pronounced. In fact, even in Hebrews eleven six, but he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. But Lord, in that, we're not keeping track. We're not putting down our good works. It ought to be, Father, that our focus is on other people and You to esteem others better than ourselves. So Lord, help us as we come into this time of invitation. Lord, that we would beware of some of the pitfalls that can come to any of us, even as we talked about it on Wednesday night. The pitfall of our successes can cause us to lose sight of what we're supposed to be doing. So, Lord, I pray Help us to gain ownership of this core value here at Westside Baptist Church. Help our services to reflect you. Help our members to reflect you. Father, as we go to the workplace, we don't work to get a raise. We don't work to get a promotion. We work so that our bosses and our fellow employees and our customers might see Jesus Christ in our lives. So help us, whether in our religious life of almsgiving, that which is the good deeds that we would help others on their journey with, whatever it might be, or through our secular uh, occupations, school, and God, I pray that you'll reach into some hearts here that got their core values wrong. And we're making decisions based on wrong core values. And you have given to us the Sermon on the Mount to help us to understand. And you're warning us. You said, take heed 
Father, help Westside Baptist Church to take heed. Help this preacher to take heed. Get our core values in line so that we're not concerned to seek the please pleasure of men, what they think about us, what they think about our homes or our dress or whatever. We want people to see Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, I thank you for coming in this morning and seeing you here today. Now let us take it out and be the light in this world. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Do you know Jesus as your Savior? If you know Him, reflect Him. Get off living for ourselves. Don't do things to be seen of men. You know, this, this message can apply in so many ways. Choir, I hope you listened. Do people see Jesus Christ? Sunday school teachers, preachers, ushers, greeters. Everything we do, everything we do. And you know what? If we can come to that inside of us and gain ownership of this, I believe it will give you liberty to live for God and reflect Him. I hope, I hope that we will take what we've heard today and apply it to every avenue of our lives. And let me say this, that if you don't make a decision this morning about that, then consequently, oftentimes, we will miss applying what we've heard. We can go out and say, oh, that was a good message. That's not what I want to hear. I, I want folks to go out and say, you know what? I'm going to do something about what I've heard today. I want to be a doer of the Word. When I'm doing construction, I want my work to reflect who God is. When I'm cooking a meal for the family, I want them to see God in my life so that they understand my love for others. When I come to church... I want my neighbors to see who God is. Not that I'm a holier-than-thou person. You see what I'm saying? What I wear, whatever I do, I want people to see who God is. And if you don't know Him, you're going to have some struggles. So right now, why don't you just commit a decision to Him? Right now, why don't you just rededicate yourself to the Lord and say, Oh, God. Whether I play a musical instrument or I give a word fitly spoken. Oh God, help me to reflect you every day. I have a mission statement for my life. And I oftentimes ask myself, how well am I doing? And oftentimes I say, you know, I'm not doing very well with it. My mission statement is I, Greg Kaminsky, am committed to live godly for God's glory and the good of others. That's my mission. Oh, I've got so far to go. But I'm shooting at something. I'm taking heed. How about all of us? Why don't we recommit our lives? If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, why don't you come to know Him today? You can't reflect Him until you're born again. And being born again is accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. Invite Him into your heart.
Trust in Him, not who you are to get into heaven. I'm not looking for the reward of heaven. Heaven is a gift given to us by the price that was paid on the cross. If you don't know Him today, come to know Him. And then show others who this wonderful God is that we get to serve. So Lord, now in this invitation, Take our decisions, rededications, or recommitments. Or, Lord, just get in ownership of this truth. Lord, help us not to, to hear a message, but, Lord, help us to take it out. Oh, woe to those who hear a message. Do nothing with it. Father, this preacher, I need to gain ownership of this message. You woke me up this morning with these thoughts. Now help us to manifest you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing in the presence of Jehovah as you stand together in the presence of Jehovah all day long, all week long throughout my life. I'm in His presence. I want to reflect Him. And what I say, do you know complaining doesn't reflect Him? Isn't that correct? Do I? It doesn't help you either. Amen. Do I reflect Him in my offerings? Do I reflect Him in my witness? Do I reflect Him in everything I do? In the presence of Jehovah. Let's sing it together. Honey, you help me with this, all right? as we are sitting there having a meal together was God honored by what was said ponder that you know grab our attention amen to that take the message with you home and we got some wonderful Sunday school classes we also have some other things as as announcements and all if you have other decisions to make please come and visit before you leave if by the way if you're not sure of your eternal destination we have these books Jesus saves here on the front and also on the back, it was wonderful. Last uh, Sunday, about 10 to 15 of these books were taken from our Easter presentation. So I encourage you, if you don't know Jesus or not certain of that, pick up one of these books and read it over. Uh, they, they went through those announcements real fast, and I'm not sure how to stop them. But anyways, on your way 